Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. What's going on, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Dunn, here with co-host Jim Monas. You know him from the Philadelphia Eagles, the New Orleans Saints, the Buffalo Bills. He's been grinding the film like nobody grinds that film. A lot of people love to say they're grinding the film. But you ain't seen a grind until you've seen Jim Monas's grind. Tyler, there's something to be said. You feel a little more confident speaking about this week one. I didn't watch preseason like we talked about, so I was ready. My eyes were fresh. I was excited to see real football. You know, I had my hoptimonium ready, you know, a little 12 noon hoptimonium. Sometimes it's the best from Hamburg. You know, it just gets you going a little bit. So I I feel pretty good about my rankings, my quarterback rankings that may appear on the Monus Report. I love it. I love it. And if people didn't catch it, uh, Jim is going to be writing a weekly column at GoLong at GoLongTD.com, the Monus Report. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of yeah. insight. It's going to be yeah. just a great mixture of uh, all the above. So, and, and as we said, I mean, you're watching every snap from every quarterback every week. So you're getting a perspective from, from somebody who worked in the game and now can speak fearlessly about the about the game which is what we always want at go long it's it's the only way i know how to really speak about football tyler and you, you hate and you know we always talk about press conferences when the coach right after the game you know when they give you guys the answer you know hey we're gonna have to look at the film sometimes they're actually true about that <laughs> you can't really see everything you need to see now did mcdermott have to look at the film to see that play call on fourth down the, the behind the back pass or whatever that was no he didn't need to see the film for that what I get a kick out of, though, with, uh, you know, you NFL types is when you give us that BS out of the game. Oh, I got to see the film. We got to see the film. And then, you know, there is I don't even know what it is anymore. I don't think there there's no open locker room unless you work for a team website. Right. So there's no open locker room for anybody. But by the time Wednesday comes around and there's access again, nobody wants to talk about the game. Oh, we're, we're, we're on. We're on to the it's next done. game. We're it's on. Done. It's done. We cleaned it. We flushed it. It's behind us. We buried the football. I don't know what Mike Vrabel did out of that game. He, I'm sure he had some kind of a ceremony for his football, but or Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I don't know what's going on there, but there's not like, and then everybody forgets nothing, nothing to see here. You know, what was great though. When I lived in Green Bay at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, they don't do this anymore, but you used to get the assistant coaches like in a hallway every Monday, you could get whoever you wanted and just, just the beat writers, a lot of one-on-one opportunities to really ask questions, get a back and forth going, learn what happened out there in, in the game. And, and, you know, Bob was McGinn, who's with us, obviously at go along now. He was the best at it. He'd get so much information in that setting. And then they pushed it to the podium and nobody's natural at a podium. And it's like well, that everywhere. That's, this is what happens. Every coach, every personnel guy, it's just how you and I connected, but we all read, we all read, everybody reads what's being, you know, you want to know what's being said in public. And 
you end up gravitating to certain writers that you just like, you know, that, I like how that guy views things. And that's why you end up talking to him. So, and you get them one-on-one in a hallway like that. It's just, you feel better about it than when, you know, you're in the press conference. Which is why we need, oh, obviously COVID and all this is going on. It's a, it's a no. convenient <laughs> excuse to, to use, you know, I get all that, but if, the league ever deems it normal again in society. Like we need open locker room, like that, yeah. nat- that natural setting. And don't get me wrong. There are some teams that have still been very helpful. I mean, I just traveled to to Florida to hang out with a player. Everybody will see that feature soon online. This team, extremely helpful. And, you know, you, we can still get guys it's happening, but for the NFL league wide to go no locker room that, Oh my gosh. I mean, that's where you build natural relationships with guys and they, they yeah. learn to trust you. They want to, they want to explain what happened out there on the field for the fans. It's not about us. It's for those people that are filling the stadium. Like they, this is the most popular game in America. They, they deserve to know why things went down the way they did when they're paying hundreds and thousands of dollars to support your product. Couldn't agree more. They, they it, why are we, who, I mean, fans are knowledgeable enough watching games to know, that wasn't right. Can you just tell us what the thinking was or why? And it's who like, look, everybody's right and wrong in whatever business you do. Let's just talk about it. And there is still, you know, the, I think a lot of teams are pushing the one voice, right? That was big in oh, Buffalo yeah. with Sean McDermott, one voice, big, like big one voice, Sean McDermott funnels through him. Um, so you, you, you are going to get somewhat of an explanation for things that happen, but not what it used to be. With I, I'm okay. I'm okay with the one voice, but because they still have the mandatory coordinators, right? True. I mean, you know, the, I don't know about the position coaches though. I mean, I, if well, I'm the head ball does a great job of explaining things too. You know? See, that's awesome. And that's what, and he, sh- that's good practice for the coordinators because they're going to, you want them to be ready to be the one voice, you know, if they want to be a head coach. Yeah. All right. Enough of that though. I guess yeah, let's, let's I don't know how much we want to like rehash the uh, obviously we'll start with the bills game. A lot of people listening here in Western New York. Yeah. Um, I don't think, yeah. I mean, it's probably been covered pretty well. I mean, I don't know what we would say that was so, I, I guess maybe the way to approach it is what, what, what shocked you? Like, what did you come away from that game thinking? I did not think that's how it would look. I can tell you for me, that's the first time since we've been doing this podcast that the bills offense looked out of sync and confused almost. I mean, the penalties, there was no threat of a running game, which we'll get into that, but that's the first time it just looked off. I thought the defense was rock solid. I mean, the defense was fine. Roethlisberger was terrible. Like I don't even know how the bills lost to that game. Those receivers made some really good plays. Roethlisberger did not look good at all didn't make any good throws he had a couple couple late you know to get that no, field goal those were big boy catches those are some big boy catches a couple back shoulders for the big boys but yeah no i was not impressed with roethlisberger yeah i, I think what st- what stood out to me jim was the the quarterback i mean it, it came so easy for josh allen week in week out against this opponent at home when the first half was ugly and they blitzed them and it was a little shaky that what happened into the third quarter, the lights just flickered on for Josh Allen and the bills. And they just, they just lit the Steelers up and 
this game, he never, you just were waiting for that. You were waiting for that to kind of just turn on for him and it never did. So I, I don't know how much of it's the Steelers, how much of it is Josh Allen. I think that he's not as, I don't think he's reverted back to 2018 rookie Josh Allen, but I don't think we're going to see 2020 MVP candidate Josh Allen. We're going to see something in between. I, I like that. I think that's fair. I mean, you never want to, you know, you're never as good as you think you are. You're never as bad as you think you are somewhere in the middle. Um, that makes sense where he would maybe come back to earth a little bit after what he did last season, but it just, you're right. It was a mix. I, I can't stand when people just blame the offensive line all the time. I can't stand that as like the, I mean, some, everybody has bad games. Um, that doesn't mean the quarterbacks can't make up for the offensive line playing a poor game. And he was just not, he was frustrated. He wanted, he, he likes to take his shots. The Steelers are, Hey, let him see, you know, can he dink and dunk all day? Does he have that in him? And he wants to take his shots. He was holding the ball. He's trying to get downfield and, and just wasn't there. So I credit the Steelers defense a little bit too. Um, their defense is legit. I don't think their offense is that Bill's defense really played. I mean, they played a, a good enough game to beat anybody really. EJ Watt on the front on the front end, I mean, unbelievable. Make it to Patrick on the back end, just confusing things. So like good. they've got so elite, good. elite playmakers. You made a good point. I saw, I saw you on Twitter about Ingram too. I've mm-hmm. always been a fan of Ingram. That's a night. That was a nice little hidden pickup for the Steelers. And one year for four million, I think it was. That's what we and, talked about. I mean, that's kind of what the Bills needed too. Is a, a, a and I didn't think pass the Bills rusher. pass rush. I didn't think the Bills pass rush was impressive against a, you know a new Steeler offensive line. Um, you know, Addison had did his thing that one. You know that he that's kind of been him his whole career. I mean, that's what he does. But where are all the other guys? Where are these? You know, where are all these new guys they they invested in? So I still haven't seen that yet. I didn't think the pass rush was good. What's your take on Josh Allen? What did you see out of him? Oh, he's, he didn't play, he didn't play a good game. I mean, you can't, I remember his first two years always saying you can't miss touchdowns. You just can't, you can't miss layup touchdowns. That's, you know, that's just, that's not what the great ones do. Year three last year, he didn't miss those. I mean, we talked about it nonstop. He, he was consistently making those throws. What happens right away? He misses Sanders on a layup. I mean, that to, for them to only been up 10, nothing with, pretty much dominating the game and having chances to be up more. That's always a sign when the game could get a little screwy. That might be the gambler in me, but <laughs> whenever you're, whenever you see a team like, wow, we're only up 10, nothing at half and missed a touchdown, mm-hmm. had great field position after the McKenzie return. Don't get, we get three points. I hate field goals. So yeah, the writing was on the wall. You can't let teams hang around like that. And you know, there wasn't an adjustment. The two games mm-hmm. that you know, I watched the most, obviously Buffalo and Green Bay mm-hmm. and both teams just never really adjusted. I mean, Green Bay, you know, you don't know who's calling the plays. If it's Matt LaFleur, if it's Aaron Rodgers, no, nobody really knows play to play who's calling the shots. It's by design. Obviously they scored more points than anybody in the league last year. So it works just fine, but they never really did just run the ball against that too deep. Look when a team's sitting back there with two safeties, they're begging you to run and they never even tried, never even tried. I don't know what really what Pittsburgh was doing defensively, but it similarly, it didn't seem like Buffalo really tried to, to run. And I know what you're going to say, you no, don't like running no, backs no. as much as me, but I've, no. both games felt like get Devin Singletary going, get AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones going, just take what they're giving you and don't 
try to get 20 points with one play. No, and I'm with, I, I, it's not that I, you have to have a threat of a running game. You have to have some type of threat and at least make the team think you might run the ball a little bit. And you could tell the Bills were done. They weren't even, it, it wasn't working. So, yeah. yeah, I thought they got a nice little couple hits at the end with Singletary. I didn't think the running backs played well at all. And what's your take? What happened with Moss? What's going on with him? Well, Sean McDermott said it was about special teams and Matt Breida giving them something there. I- Breida, Breida had a horrible uh, – that was a poor – I think it was a third down run. I think Minka – I think Minka – I think Minka made the stop, but it was a poor run. you got to finish and get the first down on that. And I th- actually, I think that led to the fourth down, the disaster, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. i got to remember. I've been – my head's spinning. But, yeah, I think that that's the type of stuff where you got to get those first downs as a running back. Pittsburgh's just so unbelievably technically sound. They don't screw up. Like yeah. they, they just don't. And when they do, if they do, if Emmanuel Sanders is wide open to your point, then you, you just got to hit that. You got to hit it. Cause you're not going to get that many opportunities against the Steelers. Um, I, I think we're probably in agreement. One game was ugly, yeah. but is it time to, to freak out? Probably not. I mean, expectations were through the roof though. I mean, we both live in Western New York. Like people are, legitimately thinking Super Bowl with this team and it's not you know uh, fueled by beer it's no, real dude. like it's a real well, thing for the first we, time since I know I, I know we brought it up on a, a pod a couple weeks ago I mean that was the one thing we wanted to see Josh Allen's never had to play with expectations in his whole career his whole life like he didn't have expectations in college you know, he came into the NFL. Hey, you're young. You, you know, everybody knows you. You got. You have. T- you need time to improve and learn the game. You know. Then last year he just kills it. Now it's official. The expectations are on you. And let's see. I. Let's, I'm excited to see how. He, I think they can bounce back big. I mean, I, I'm. I'm looking for a nice Bills win this weekend against Miami. I. I think they're the better. Bills are the better team. I think they'll shut that offense completely down. Yeah, and also with Josh Allen, like we, we can talk about the offensive line and Deion Dawkins had a rough game. We can talk about rough game. the backs. We, we can talk about all these other factors, but you're paying Josh Allen a lot of money to rise above anything that happens around Josh Allen at this point. So um, talking about anything else is just so trivial to me. Same thing with Green Bay. Like, I get it. Their new DCs under fire. They, their defense was god-awful and – Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, I see him tripping at the top of his route, and there's a lot of other stuff going on. But Aaron Rodgers, you held the team hostage for six months. You were legitimately thinking about retiring. You you look like a quarterback with one foot out the door. It's it's on him to rise up, be committed, and look somewhat like the MVP that they had last season when he was playing unbelievably motivated. So it's. I mean, it always comes back to the quarterback on this, on this podcast and both guys got to rise up. It's. I, he is the, he is, he was the worst quarterback in my rankings of all 32 Aaron quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers was dead last. The only, the only guy that threatened to beat him, the two guys that were threatening to be worse, Trevor Lawrence was horrendous. And uh, Jared Goff was awful. I, I have sure? never, did you, you want to talk about, are you fates? sure you watched that? Did you watch that film? That's why I love film and not stats. That was the worst. He had one of the worst quarterback games. He was pathetic. He couldn't throw. Missing guys. Like, he had a bunch of fake stats. Do you see who's stats. around him? Do you see who's around my boy, Jared Goff? Now, 
No, I don't want to go too much in Detroit, but they did put um, the other guy's got to rise up, but he doesn't have to. You got to give him talent. Perfectly. <laughs> they fine. Put, well, he had a lot of. He just had like the. I mean, they were just they were just letting him throw whatever. They were up so much. He was getting fake stats. He was horrible, especially when the game got close at the end. He was worse. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, but Rogers, I. It was like he reminded me of like Jay Cutler when Jay Cutler was checked out. Uh, one foot out the door type Jay Cutler, like yeah. the body language. I'm just whipping it around. I'm just going to throw it deep. I don't know what I, that I'm a huge, you know, we talk, I'm a huge Rogers fan as far as the talent. Um, I don't know what that was. That was incredibly awful. What I told Bob on our, uh, our sister. Yeah, what show, Bob, right? I didn't get to hear that. What Bob say about Aaron? Just a quarterback who did not resemble anything that we saw last year. And he, no. he he did seem checked out. Like he didn't. He, he did seem into it. I mean that those two interceptions. I don't care if you get hit in the nuts. Like he quickly said on um, his radio program, what a day after. Like okay, like like that's just such an uncharacteristic Rogers throw. In the next drive, it's a heave and a prayer. I I think what I told Bob is it's like you know back in pickup basketball at Syracuse on Saturday morning going to Archbold Gymnasium hungover and you just get into all effort mode and just you know, chucking up fadeaway jumpers with your buddies and not really caring because it's like, (laughs) it just felt like he didn't care. He looked like somebody who didn't care. He could snap out of it. I mean, they've got the Lions and talk about a get right game, but Pittsburgh, San Francisco, right around the corner. um, They they need him to get right. I mean, the Packers bent over backwards. They, there's so many ways to interpret it. I mean, you could say the Packers held firm and Aaron Rodgers tried to get out and they said, no, you're, I get that. I get the way I look at it. It's like, man, you, this is somebody, you know, didn't want to be there. Somebody who threatened to retire, who could have retired and you were begging and pleading and, and doing everything you could to get him back. I, I don't think, it, I don't think it's a surprise that he and the team looked that bad and the saints, a motivated team, as you know, having worked there, with Jameis Winston, maybe the most motivated quarterback in the NFL. That was awesome. everything to prove. Like you, it was, you just saw two different mentalities out there. There's one team that was hungry as hell. One team that looked checked out. Yeah. No, it, it didn't play that way. I mean, it's the saints, they seem just much more physical, uh, much more prepared in every part of that. It was, it was a total mismatch. That game. It really was. Hey, real quick, before we uh, move on, we got to thank everybody who came on out to uh, our first annual. Give me some. I I know. I don't want to talk about it, but I. I, We have to bring it up. I'd love if we could maybe pull off one more, and I I owe some people. My ears were stinging by the end of the night with, where's Monus? Where's where's Jim? You were. They're kind of disappointed you know to see the, the, the worst sometimes, end of this podcast. Hey, sometimes we got <laughs> things happen in life and you got to take care of some stuff, but uh, yes, we'll yes, get back on track. We'll get back on track. It was awesome though. I mean, Hamburg Brewing Company, our, our sponsor for this show, unbelievably gracious I and mean, gave us the whole tent. I mean, we had beers on tap. We had beef on wick. We I'm had, just going to ask about the beef on oh, wick. I was, I was unbelievable. Um, Louie. It was a lot, a lot of beer was flowing. A lot of beer was had. There was a, a lot of great conversations though. I mean, we had people from Orlando in from the game. We had a, somebody, a part of the U.S. Navy in. Pretty cool. It was awesome meeting everybody face-to-face. 
in that setting, talking about the bills, football, go long. Um, it, it meant a lot, man. I mean, it was like, I, I was telling my wife, it kind of almost felt like, uh, you know, your wedding when you're trying to have as many conversations as you can yeah. at once. And if you start to finish, like we're all just kind of uh, all over the place and I'm seeing Ella in the corner of my eye and she's like sprinting in every direction with her cousins. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm sure Hamburg will, will have us again and we got to do it. Eric Wood, he almost made it. As you know, we were on that text chain. He was close. He was close. You were close. I think it's only right for us to talk Hamburg into doing it again at some point this fall. No, we, yeah, I, I think that's, and, and I, you know, if you can't make it, I will definitely. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. But yeah. Thank you everybody who came out and, uh, and also we got to figure out a time, but we're thinking about doing a virtual happy hour with. Yeah. Um, I want to get back. I well. missed those. I haven't done those in a while. We, I think with the season now, I think that'd be fun to, uh, it'd be good to crank one up, hear what people are thinking about talking about. Well, I know, uh, I mean, I'm just bringing this up to you right now, but Bob says he's good to go. Oh, An hour before the Packers Lions Monday night game. So maybe that's a sweet spot. Possibly. Okay. Let me look. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll figure it out. Uh, but definitely want to meet and talk to as many people as we can. So that was great. Um, hmm. We should probably, we should probably turn the page, right? And flush week one. Well, Bury the football. We're going to stick with, you know, the Bills, Miami. I mean, I really think they're going to get after Tua. I think I think we're going to see this Bills defense line get after him. Tua doesn't see things. Um, that size is showing up. The lack of size, I should say, for Tua is showing up when I watch him. Um, he he looks small. He plays small. Uh, I don't see any special throws in his game. He didn't play very well against the Patriots. Um, I'm not impressed. I, I really I think this is going to be a Bills. I, I really. The Bills should be upset. They should be worried if they lose this game a little bit, depending on how it would happen. But if the Bills go in there, the Miami's defense isn't what people think. Or, you know, we know what the Bills did to their defense last year. I I think they can do it to them again. Um, Mac Jones played okay. He outplayed Tua. He played better than Tua. Tua, I mean, if, if, if Damian Harris doesn't fumble there, doesn't fumble. we're, we're talking about Tua's turnover. It, it's I can't believe we're not. I can't believe people are just kind of it's he did not. I'm just telling you, it's this is the Bills game to win. They just gotta, you know, regroup. Hey, let's go. Let's get do back to you know, let's get back to what we do. I, I I'm looking for a good Bills win this week. What stood out to you? Any game, any player, non-Bills, non-Packers. We always come back to those two teams, but let's let's each kind of get into something else that stood out to us. Uh I'll tell you what's cool. Um, cause I can't stand urban Meyer and I was so glad to see him, but I feel bad for his players. I always feel bad for the players to look bad like that. It's not their fault, but they didn't look prepared on the other side. I'm really happy for Tyra, David Culley yeah. and the player of that game that nobody's talking about is the receiver cooks. Um, he made some plays. I mean, he bailed Tyra. Tyra was just throwing some jump balls and Cooks made some plays. I really impressed with Cooks and and they they destroyed. It was cool just to see Cully knowing yeah. his whole career. I, I was with him in Philly, with him in Buffalo. So I've known him for a long time. So to see him get a win like that was was good. I wouldn't expect too many more because yeah. you don't get Jacksonville all the time. But 
Jacksonville was bad, but that that was cool to see Houston. I thought friend of the program Chris Manhurt scored a touchdown that game as well. Right? Trevor Lawrence's for and Logan Thomas scored for Washington. A couple ex Bill tight ends right there. But it, yeah, Manhurts, you gotta be kidding me! Like, how great is that? That's gonna be a good trivia question. Who's Trevor is. Lawrence's first? Yeah, it, it was. It was good to see Tyrod. I mean, that play where it, it's like he has eyes on the back of his head and he kind of ducks and the dude just flies over him and he chucks. I mean, he he still has a feel for that pocket. Oh, yeah. He can still make some plays. Oh, yeah, Tyrod's still. Yeah, he's still good. Yeah. He's he's good. I, I get it. He got his shot in Buffalo, and it, he took you guys to a certain point. Hey. The reason I kind of said it, it was good to see him finally get his shot. I mean, think everything that has happened since then, where yeah, he ends the drought and then his career is done, goes to Cleveland, is the guy, suffers a concussion, that job's taken, goes to L.A., his own team doctor, punctures him in the lung, he's done. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy what's happened to him since. Nothing phases Tyrod. He's, he's so focused on being as good as he can be and being professional. Yeah. And that's what you always respect. Yeah, that's what you respect about him all the time. Gosh, I guess for me, it'd be Russell Wilson. He, he was perfect, Ooh. man. He was, and we've Ooh. seen, I get it. We've seen him play lights out in September and October before. This is different though, because I mean, in the past, it was a lot of, uh, it, it was a lot of freelancing outside of the scheme. It was, Mm-hmm. feast or famine in the, in the deep passing game last year with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. It wasn't within the scheme within the offense and Shane Waldron. I mean, yeah. he, he was a big reason that Russell Wilson decided to not take it to the Eric, Aaron Rodgers extreme. And he was okay with sticking around in Seattle. There was this jolt of hope with this coordinator who came uh, from the Rams scheme. So I think, I think, I think this is here to stay. And we, we wrote about it, obviously. I, I just think that this is a guy that's possessed with what he went through this offseason, um, how close it was to him not being in Seattle, going to Chicago, his own personal quarterbacks coach, Jake Heaps. He he, he downplayed it when I asked him and, and wouldn't paint himself as a savior because he he's not that kind of a guy. But there are people who kind of say he, he was – a savior in that situation. Russell Wilson had no trade clause. And when that trade was pretty close with Chicago, yes, Pete Carroll eventually didn't want to go through with it. Russell Wilson also was like, okay, this isn't for the best either. Um, and, and Heaps was the one that kind of tried to talk, talk him off the ledge. Uh, but it, to their credit, this all happened in March, right? Like yeah. they, they figured all this out in March by April, by the draft, by the time that bombshell dropped in Green Bay and that was in the public eye just starting, Seattle moved past all their disagreements. And Russell Wilson had the best offseason of his life. I mean, everybody says that. He, he legitimately did. And Aaron Rodgers was not focused on football. And I know I sound like a 65-year-old man here, but what happens no, in the offseason no. does matter. It does. No, it, I mean, I think that's a good example to back up your point. It really is. And for Russell to want to stay in Seattle, I mean, obviously you want to stay where you, you know, you've been for so long, but that division, mm. there's no guarantees in that division, you know, for him to want to stay and fight with C, you know, because, you know, if he goes to the bears, they're probably the best team in that division. Right. I mean, right away. So it's, I mean, well, 
I say that with Green Bay maybe being, you know, a little strange right now with Aaron, but that division, that Russell, the 49ers and the Rams, and that's that's loaded. Cardinals looked really good. Cardinals too. <laughs> Cardinals too. I mean, Kyler Murray. You don't have any. That's eight. I mean, right there is what. That's you, you get no breaks. I mean, that's yeah. six. Those are six hard, hard games. Big time, big time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that around the end, I think we're going to see the Bills bounce back. I think we see the Packers yeah. bounce back. I think Bills bounce back this way. I think, yeah, I, I agree. Um, trying to think. Oh, how about Lamar Jack? How about that game, Lamar Jackson? Um, that was wild. Um, you know, I, they lost and he made mistakes. There's no, he, yeah. I tell you what, that he is a top three player to watch. He is just it's, fun. It's to incredible. watch as a fan. Like it's, you just, it, it's unbelievable. He's just playing at a different speed, at a different, different tempo. Heavy. He had a touch pass to Sammy Watkins deep. And it looks so Beautiful. weird when he it comes off his it hand does. when he throws it deep, doesn't it? Does. it? There's no it follow does. through. It's just kind of like a flick at his shoulder. And it was right there. It was perfect. Um, so I, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy looked all right. Sammy did all right. Um, no, you're right. I mean, you it, the playmaking athleticism and toughness and everything with it's so it's so special it's yeah. like anyway it's kyler murray doing his thing i mean you know it's just the level of quarterback play herbert played great joe burrow looked great coming back you know he played really well um there's some, it, it's a high level of quarterback play i think everybody really needs to read your your quarterback um, grading grades that come yeah. out each week. Yeah, because... we'll, put them, yeah, we'll get them out. Maybe top five, bottom five, stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe not put them explain, all out. But... Explain again, though. I mean, it, you'll I, I keep it real like simple. That. I keep it real simple, and I don't want to get too much into it. But I'm basically just grading, like, what are really good throws, what are great throws, and the situations. Okay. Um, dump offs, you know, basic throws. I'm not, it, no big deal. I'm not. You're not getting. You're not getting minuses. You're not getting pluses. Um, you know, you're going to get penalized. You're going to get minuses for dropped interceptions. You're going to get minuses for overthrow touchdowns like Josh Allen had to Sanders. That's you can't miss those. You know, the great ones don't miss those. So I, I really trying to just do the plays that matter, um, the throws that matter and who's separating themselves. And it, it'll shake itself out. Teddy Bridgewater was top ranked for me this week. Number one. Wow. Teddy. He was phenomenal. He played like I was thinking about Denver too, how much they wanted Aaron Rodgers in my rankings from this week. Bridgewater was one and Rodgers was 32. That's amazing. Plus, his name's Teddy, right? I mean, Teddy. you're not going to criticize somebody named Teddy. Yeah. You know, if you don't like guy. if you don't like Teddy Bridgewater and Tyrod Taylor, you, yeah. you don't the hell appreciate. Yeah. You don't appreciate true pros with toughness and fight and they don't care what team everybody gets rid of them every year and they just go and do their thing i i love i respect those guys a lot teddy bridgewater we thought he might be losing his leg four years ago five years ago it's, it's insane they have a good team like if he plays like that they're going to be hard they, they have the, they have two backs that are both have different styles i like their two backs offensive line played well tight end situations good defense uh darby i saw darby showing up making plays again Boy, what a what a collection of assets that the Green Bay Packers could have traded for, you know? <laughs> Listen all this off. 
You know what, though? Back to your grades, Jim. I think we, yeah. need, a, we need a good name for it. Tell me if you like this. The, eye, the eyeball test. Oh, I right? love it. Because you're, this is how you have to grade quarterbacks. It's not, you can't look at a box score. I was watching the Vikings game with Kirk Cousins. Oh, you know, his numbers are usually really good. He'll throw for 300 yards, Always. three touchdowns, maybe a pick. But then you actually watch a Vikings game and he's not good. He's not. I mean, he, he, maybe he's not bad, but he's definitely yeah, not very good. No. And that just, goes nothing no. pops. If, everything no. has to be perfect around him. Yes. And if it is, you know, he'll make a play, but I imagine he's always going to be in the middle of your eyeball test or toward mm-hmm. the bottom. Whereas a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who, by the way, was drafted by the Vikings and was their franchise quarterback long ago. And maybe they should have just rode that out and stuck wow. with him. Um, he, he's at the top. So I, and the, you know, J- Jameis Winston, obviously they barely threw the ball. No, then but he, he was, he watched the game and he was, he made every single throw he had to make. He had a few runs. It was incredible. He played great. He was like, I think he was after I, actually, he was third or fourth on my list. This he played really well. I was, it was really cool. He was a uh, fifth on my fourth on my list this week. Yeah. Well, Mahomes was two. Baker was three. Winston four. Joe Burrow five. Russell Wilson right in there. Stafford. So it's the same, mm-hmm. same cast of characters. I mean, Love it. So everybody check that out. Subscribe. Yeah, we'll get that cranked up. We'll get that going and we'll find a nice way to kind of present it and talk about it. Maybe yeah. that would be fun to talk about on happy hours too. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, oh, may we do that. May we do quarterback rankings only on happy hour. Okay. First subscribe. Come join us. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Anything we need to freak out about? One game in, we got to freak out about something. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to freak out about. Drew Brees and Tony Dungy. Mm. That's, that's I don't think Drew Brees is a first ballot Hall of Famer with the stunt he pulled. Well, I don't know what's going on with the hair. Awful. Awful. This is almost like a spray. I mean, Drew Brees, he should have come to Buffalo and just punched us in the face. I mean, that's basically what you're doing. <laughs> to be that ashamed. That ashamed of your hairline, Drew. I mean, thank God you retired. You know, in the Saints. I mean, the Saints. They upgraded in more ways than one. Um, I just he didn't bring much to the table. It must. It's probably takes a little time to get used to that role that he's in. But I heard. I I didn't watch the Monday Night Football. I heard the Mannings did a. Um, Peyton and Eli did a broadcast during the game. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I might have to tune into that. You know, if you're not like a fan of one of the teams playing and you know, yeah, if you're a fan, I, I get it. You want to consume it. You want to hear the, yeah, you want to uh, hear the, yeah. I'd like to hear their takes. I mean, it's, I, I love, it. it's a great idea. And that is if, a great idea. If they really want to ramp it up, I think I threw it out there on Twitter. I mean, uh, we've all seen, maybe we've all seen the show Drunk History and Comedy Central where oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody's legitimately drunk and reenacting scenes from history. Just do that with Peyton and Eli. Just get them about 10 beers deep, watching football, doing all the kind of stuff they were doing, calling plays out. Have a little fun with it. Have a beer. Have a hey, have a Labatt's or Bud Light or somebody sponsor it. I know. I've heard enough stories about them at, in Knoxville and, and in uh, Ole Miss. And they live, they live a good life. Yeah. 
Here's some stories out there in Indianapolis too. Yeah. Sure. Well, Jim, that was good. Yeah, I think we're ready. I think that was. I think I think we're ready for this week. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing. I I always love week one to week two because it's this is when you just this is when you're going to see teams really okay. Hey, that wasn't right. Who's look? We're going to see who's making changes. Who's able to fix what they you know mm-hmm. didn't like. And those are usually the signs of teams that have a good coaching staff and and professional players that okay. Let's let's step it up. And I think the Bills will show that this week. It, it it does it does always blow my mind how a team can look so bad in one mm-hmm. week. Like mm-hmm. I mean the Bills early on with Sean McDermott, some of those games. I remember the Saints just absolutely blasting the Bills. Blasting. Just killed them. At Ralph Wilson Stadium, or whatever the hell it was called at the time. And then I think the Bills played like the Chiefs in Arrowhead the next week and won. Like you, <laughs> it, it, things just change um on a dime. So it's uh it will, it will be interesting with those two teams specifically. Like, how, how do Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, MVP, well, an MVP candidate respond when they're getting paid like guys that need to respond and rise above anything else we could ever talk about around them? You're gonna, it's going to be – it's going to be because Miami didn't protect Tua very well either. So, the Bills, they'll, they'll, they'll get after him. They'll get after him good. All right, guys. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Go Long Podcast. Um, subscribe, golongtv.com. A lot of good stuff cooking. And I uh, cannot thank everybody enough for joining us. All right, guys. Thanks so much.